from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another CRI podcast. My name is Jimmy Woodall. I am the firm's uh, consulting service line leader. Joining me today are uh, Tyler Mills and David Mills, and they are partners in our firm's IT audit practice. Uh, They are my go-to cybersecurity uh, experts, and we are very glad to have them. So today, we're going to talk about something that uh, happened recently and and actually personally affected to me and, and several others that I know. Uh, Back on Christmas Day, uh, if you are in and around uh, the Nashville area, uh, there was a bomb that went off uh, early Christmas morning on uh, 2nd Avenue between uh, Commerce and Church Street. We won't get into all the reasons for the bomb or what happened there, but we'll talk about the effects of the bomb, right? Um, I certainly don't want to get into motives, but we'll talk about the effects of the bomb. And the the primary effect was, again, it it obviously damaged businesses, damaged like 41 businesses. It, it killed, it was a suicide bomber, so it killed the person who was who uh, uh, set the bomb in a recreational vehicle, and it injured like eight others. Um, but 41 businesses were damaged, but one of the primary businesses was the AT&T switching station that's there on 2nd Avenue. Uh, now, the switching station, for those of you that are, that are old enough uh, to remember and have been around this area in the old South Central Bell uh, era back in the, the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Uh, it, it's it's kind of the old old place where if you've seen the the movies where the little old ladies are are switching and connecting your phone calls, right? Well, over the years, obviously, technology has developed, and that's a major AT and T data center now, and it uh, it creates a lot or it can, contains a lot of network uh, servers and and data systems there for uh, for a very large area. So this explosion. Um, and messed that all up, right? So there was fire damage. Uh, there was a water main that went off. And so there was water damage in there and lost power. And basically, you had AT&T telephone services. You had AT&T cellular uh, services. You had AT&T internet services, uh, their UVerse television. And then this thing called FirstNet that they've got that is their nationwide wireless public safety network. All of that... Um, is is in that area, particularly for uh, it's it's a major hub for the southeast. And so, if you're in in Tennessee, if you were in Kentucky, where I'm I'm in southern Kentucky, uh, North Alabama, North Georgia, you were affected by this. Uh, you know, personally, I, I was here on Christmas Day, and you know, and we've got AT and T for everything. So I couldn't get my my cell phones wouldn't work, uh, my internet wouldn't work, all of my streaming devices uh, and networks, Netflix, Hulu, so forth, would, none of those would work. Uh, the kids, you know, video games for PlayStation, all those things that they got for Christmas would not work. We couldn't do anything. So we were kind of living back in the dark ages, it seems like, uh, for several days. Uh, but, you know, outside of my my personal experience there, you know, th- there were a lot of other folks who were affected uh, a, lot, a lot more seriously. So you had um, emergency response 911 calls uh, for Middle Tennessee, Southern Kentucky, North Alabama were not working. So if, if someone was in trouble and needed to call 911, they couldn't because the services went down. Uh, the air traffic controllers at, in the Memphis airport had issues because uh, of the cellular and mobile networks. And so a lot of traffic had to be diverted to the Nashville airport. There were long delays in flight uh, 
flight movement in, um, in the Nashville airport as well. So you had a lot of connections and, and issues there. You had stores, department stores, uh, some of them didn't open at all, but a lot of um, a lot of stores, large businesses, large and small in both, um, you know, or in all these areas uh, could not use credit cards. They had to go to cash only because their their POS systems and their credit card systems couldn't get online because because of the effect of this issue right here. Uh, ATMs machines, uh, there were reports of those in and again in, in this area, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, uh, Georgia, that were not were not working. Uh, hospitals. I know of several hospitals that uh, were on the front lines. Uh, you had workers who ha- or nurses who had to enter uh, patient information 100% on paper because of the, the patient record systems and, and it was was part of their network and their network was down so they couldn't use anything there. Uh, there were reports as, as you know as far north as, as I'm aware of in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, where entire school districts did not have internet. Now again, it was it was over Christmas. So that didn't matter as much, but um, uh, but you know, still you had that was the that was kind of the range of what what happened there. Government offices, same thing. Um, you know, again, we mentioned the nine one one calls, but government offices had issues uh, closing. At one point, the Nashville police, uh, their phone lines were not working, were having issues. So, so the real consequences to this, and kind of shows our dependency on uh, you know on on one telecommunication site. So. Those are some of the effects of, of the things that we had. And so now I want to go over to the experts. I've, I've kind of finished kind of talking about the story and, and my personal uh, involvement. It's, I want to go over to, to our experts, David and Tyler. Guys, what, what, what are some more of, of the dramatic effects uh, you know, that, that businesses and, and governments and local entities like this have in, this, in a situation like this? How do they deal with it? And what can they do to help uh, protect themselves from something like this going forward? Well, you know, uh, Jimmy, really, um, this is, you know, we, we kind of talk about this a lot uh, and it's it's the recovery capability. And, you know, a lot of times when these things occur, it's uh, it's it's actually a scenario that uh, that they hadn't, you know, truly planned for and tested. So, um, you know, it's always a good a good thing to have a, a good disaster recovery plan and, and uh, business resumption plan but but things like this when they occur hurricanes tornadoes these these huge emergencies really make it difficult um you know to understand what all the the idiosyncrasies are to to actually getting back up and running um doing a little reading on this uh it looks like the uh the the, they were using a battery backup um and when the batteries got wet that basically um uh, eliminated the power uh that they needed to to maintain their their systems so um it, you know again that's that's from the fire hoses and things like that so they may not have had a sprinkler system in the room where the batteries were but as a result of of uh emergency services trying to put the fire out it actually water did impact that um, and that's a hard one to uh, to, to really um, plan for. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the services, uh, you know, give AT&T some credit. The services were back up fairly soon. I think as of the 27th, they had most of the, the services back up. But the problem is, is, is are, are things like emergency services. Uh, I know that uh, that that the uh, 911 board was was uh was rather upset uh, that the, it took took longer than they thought it should be or uh, should take to get the actual 911 services back up so 
you know, this is, and then it's all the downstream effects. Uh, I mean, you, t- you take, for example, Jimmy, you know, the thing that you experienced, uh, you know, that's a downstream effect that you just wouldn't think would occur. So, you know, a lot of times when you're trying to plan for this stuff, that's, that's what you've got to consider is, is some of the worst case scenarios. So, uh, uh, you know, Tyler, a lot of times we talk to, to clients and things like that about uh, worst case scenarios. I don't know that we've, that we've, uh, we've talked about, uh, you know, bombing specifically, but, you know, oftentimes there may not be redundant uh, carriers uh, for businesses and they, they're, they're really only used to one carrier. That one carrier. Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly possible. Um, that the uh, that there's only the, the the one carrier in the in the area. Um, we often preach the uh, importance of cellular networks in in a situation like this. But then you have, you know, a situation like in in Georgia, the T-Mobile circuits were actually um, actually ran on AT and T backbone. Uh, so some of the there was some service interruption on the T-Mobile on a completely different um, mobile carrier when this occurred. So it's pretty, so it's pretty far reaching. Now it's, um, it's always, it's, it's always imperative when you have uh, something like a hospital, something that, you know, the connectivity, it, it really can end up as a life or death situation. It, it is really important to figure out that second completely independent method of connection. Um, even if it is, even if it is, uh, you know, some kind of cellular connection, but that, but that's the, that's the part of the due diligence piece is making sure that, you know, the, the, the backbones are not the same. Um, and in this case, in a lot of cases that it, it, it was here, but, uh, the, you would hope that AT&T and a cable provider is, is available. Usually that's the, that's the second, um, that's your second connection as you go through, uh, the telecom to get either DSL or, uh, or your MPLS, uh, and then you have a just a you know consumer grade internet connection through the cable company um, that you can that you can back up to at least to at least to run at a minimum at minimum capacity just to kind of get stuff done. So we we sort of we evangelize that um, kind of everywhere we go, and uh, that's as part of that. Also, you want to make sure that you're testing that as well, and and that failover. Um, making sure that that actually works. So when this happens, because it'll happen without it'll happen without anybody warning you it's going to happen. And it'll probably happen at a pretty inopportune time like Christmas. Um, so you want to make sure that stuff is tested for sure. Tyler, that's funny that you say that you're talking about the backups. I was talking to, again, a few of my neighbors here around town when all this was going on and they were saying, well, that's kind of what you get for doing these, these uh, package deals with AT&T where you've got everything running on AT&T. Like they may have AT&T yes. cell phone service, but they had their internet through a, through a cable provider. And it's, you know, right. and then, again, those, those like us who we were all loading up and, and going and sitting in Starbucks parking lot trying to get an internet connection on our phone because <laughs> we couldn't get anything, couldn't get a cell service either. So, yeah, I, uh, I liken that. I liken that. It's the same reason why I don't, um, I don't put the magnet wallet on the back of my phone. Uh, I don't want, if I lose my phone, I don't want to have also lost my wallet. And that's kind of, uh, that's sort of the philosophy I go with when I, when I try to, um, when I try to explain this to, to clients about why you would need, why you need to make sure that there's true independence between your two, between those two uh, vendors. That's a great analogy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it really is kind of a, a, a again, a difficult thing to, uh, to, to do, but, you know, it depends on what level, uh, you know, of impact it has. Uh, you know, we, we always go through these things called business impact analysis. 
Um, you know, and when, when we're talking about, uh, you know, hospitals and we're talking about 911 services, uh, you know, the, obviously the, the, what we refer to as time to recover becomes very, very minimal. Uh, you know, you want those services back up as quickly as possible. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, there, there may not be uh, anything available. Uh, you know, we still don't have, uh, you know, a ton of multiple uh, a ton of multiple connectivity options for uh, for people, uh, and then you know there's cost involved in, in in maintaining a connection that that really is never used. So you know it's it's awfully easy to say, well, the risk is low that that AT and T will will completely go down, and therefore we're not going to uh, you know spend the money we need to to have that secondary. Uh, capability. And uh, this is a good example of, of when it might even go down. You know, one other interesting fact here is not only were was AT&T trying to deal with, um, you know, the, the outage and the, and the damage from the smoke and, and things like that and the fire and the water, uh, you know, it was a crime scene. So, you know, you know, they were in, you know, they had to, to also tread lightly, uh, if you will, around everything they were trying to get back up so that the investigators weren't impeded. And it was a, it's a pretty populated area too. Oh gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Right downtown. I mean, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's a lot of folks there. So, and, and it's not like, you know, it was for a little while there, you know, there are a lot of people that live and uh, in in the downtown area, so this is like their you know their their walking areas and things like that. But uh, but you know it's it, again it's difficult to say. Well, we'll have to work through a crime scene, uh, you know, in a, in a recovery plan. Uh, but you know things like that that a lot of times people don't consider. Like uh, you know you let's say you've got a business near a railroad crossing and they have a chemical spill for some reason near your location. They may shut down uh, you know a mile radius or more. Um, and so you can't get in to actually, do, and you, you know, to do any type of work or recovery efforts if, if it also uh, somehow damages, uh, you know, where you, uh, if there's a, uh, obviously a train derailment or something and it damages, you know, where you are and, uh, and impacts your business. So, um, it, you know, these are, these are things that, that we just don't, uh, we probably don't consider enough risk, I think. I think we you know, we kind of think, oh, well, that'll never happen, you know, but but yet, you know, over and over again, we see it happening to to a lot of people, you know, especially hurricanes, tornadoes, things like that. So um, that's right, so, David. That's I mean, you, you bring up something and, and Tyler brought up something a second ago about about timing and, and, and here your point here when you say you don't know that these things are going to happen. You know, yes, this was this was a bomb. And of course, you know, we hope that nothing like this happens again. Um, but you know, the, the city of Nashville has, has downtown has experienced, you know, multiple tornadoes that have come through there, uh, recently, uh, in 2010, when, when I was still living there, they had, um, you know, they had the major floods, like once in a, you know, a thousand year flood that flooded all of downtown Nashville. So it's not like, you know, that there's not events that, that could happen, you know, to, to make these things occur. Right. I mean. Absolutely. And so obviously we, you know, the, you know, the location is, is, you know, when people choose locations to put switching centers, you know, a lot of times they're in places that, uh, that the old, as like you were saying earlier, the old uh, switching terminals buildings were, are still being used. So, you know, it's real estate that the company owns and, and, you know, they're, they're putting it to use. So, 
you know, they may not be in a hardened uh, location or something like that, that, uh, that you would see some of the, some of the newer bunker type, you know, data centers. It's, you know, it's super difficult to, uh, to, uh, to, to say, well, you know, don't put that back in, in downtown Nashville. Well, there may be a lot of mitigating circumstances that would require them to put that back. So, you know, how do you plan for that, uh, you know, for that in the, uh, something like that may be occurring again. It's, it's super difficult. And, and when you're talking about infrastructure, you're talking about large expenditures for, for governments and, and, uh, and companies. So, you know, the, the backup process and the recovery process for, for anybody is always, uh, you know, is always something that you're, you're never really quite as sure of as you would think. I mean, uh, uh, you know, we have, we have uh, situations that occur all the time at clients that they had not expected uh, or that uh, they hadn't counted on. You know, things like uh, when you have the banks that have ATM machines, uh, you know, it's it's nothing for a, a tornado to tear an ATM machine up. And, you know, your recovery plan may say, well, we've got to get uh, a guard there to, to guard the ATM machine. And you start to, to call in the guard resources and lo and behold, you hadn't talked to them in a year and the phones, uh, the phone numbers changed. So, you know, you don't, you know, one of the things I think we need to learn is you don't want to wait till this occurs to actually test everything that could be tested in a scenario. Don't you agree, Tyler? Uh, yes, I think that it's, I think it's really important to remember that you need to test early and often. Um, you don't want to get caught, you don't want to get caught in, uh, in a situation uh, where you, something happens that you could not or did not foresee and you didn't plan for. A really, a really interesting piece of this to me, and as we've I haven't really gotten into much of it, but you know, a lot of people, and myself included, as someone who works in the audit profession, the question I had was, uh, where was the audit oversight? Where was the government? Where was the audit? You know, committee with the government committee um, that was making sure that this, if if something happened to this data center, that stuff could continue to operate. And there actually is that that metro oversight in Nashville, um, and uh, this is never that reports that are publicly available are fairly heavily redacted. Um, but this is something that I, I think that it seems like they relied very heavily on AT&T's ability to recover um, and didn't take any of that um, into their own, uh, in, didn't take any of that responsibility back on themselves. They, they said, OK, we're using AT&T. They have this um, they have these redundancies in place and et cetera, et cetera. They never they never really thought to that. Maybe they need that extra bit of recoverability on their end. Um, and I think that that caused a lot of heartache um, in, in the Nashville Metro anyway. Um, and uh, there's there's some talk in Congress now about uh, further oversight into that process. Um, there are a lot of industry lines that we work in that where there is no true requirement. There's no regulation around having to uh, be able to um, recover or be able to uh, require a business resiliency plan or anything like that. There's there are a few now in the banking industry. The FDIC does expect you to have does does expect you to have put that in place, tested the plan, tested it again. There's they're, they're very very rigid. Um, but in the healthcare industry, really and truly, the the requirement is that you that a plan exists. Not necessarily that the plan's any good, just that it just that it exists. So this this actually is you know to me is. It should be a pretty good place to start when you're talking about maybe implementing some some real world change, some regulations, making sure that this doesn't happen again. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. That's uh, that's truly where uh, you know I think the nine one one board was so upset is uh, they, uh, you know, I think they were. Uh, I think one of the board members said he was led to believe that that you know it, this just this type of thing just could not happen. Um, and, you know, and and we tend to sort of take everybody uh, you know at their word for these larger companies that you know do know what they're doing, but that they that they have thoroughly tested and when they make you know, statements that, that this type of thing would not occur. Uh, you know, we just tend to believe them and, and, and move on. So, you know, some of these areas, uh, like I said, there's, there's no real, no, no one real regulatory body that talks about information technology and, and the controls around, uh, you know, our communications and cybersecurity and things like that, that really flow down to all of these, these areas. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot of times, you know, you've got things in, in healthcare like HIPAA um, and and even performing high trust certifications, uh, where where they are, in fact, uh, you know, being required to prove that they tested their recovery uh, processes, but yet um, there's no real requirement for them to actually do that on a on a truly regular basis, you know, even annually. Uh, you know, some things, you know, they'll do and then they'll they'll do it again and, uh, you know, they'll test and, and audit and they'll do again, uh, uh, you know, in two to three years. Well, you know, a lot's changed in, in the IT world in, in two to three years. Um, even annually, you know, we see that that, that a lot has changed and, and things could could impact that uh, could impact, you know, down the communication lines that they're not really being addressed. Not only that, but there's a lot of, of changes that occur with these companies, especially the larger companies. They, they buy smaller companies, the smaller companies merge together and, and make a larger company. You know, all of that is kind of a recipe for, well, maybe not checking things out um, when these mergers occur between these types of companies to make sure that all these controls are actually in place. So there's a lot of moving parts to this. And and, you know, whereas the financial auditors, you know, have things like uh, requirements for financial statements for a, a lot of different uh, uh, mechanisms, they're, they're not required for all mechanisms. So it's kind of really hard to, to, to say that, you know, they didn't follow regulations or regulatory um, processes because they're, they're, they may have followed those to some degree, but we don't have really much of a way to know you know, what occurs. And the thing that always concerns me is when these companies are, are being bought and sold, you know, where is the, the, uh, the continuity, you know, after that, after that purchase from, for controls testing, things like that. Yeah. So as, as we was going to start to wrap things up here, uh, but I, I wanted to uh, kind of circle back is we, we've talked about, we've talked about the effects that, that occur to some of these, um, the emergency response areas to the hospitals, to the, um, the businesses that are the, you know, I, I guess more integral to, to people's uh, lives and public services and so forth. And we talked about uh, the processes where, you know, a, a lot of these folks should be, you know, evaluating, Hey, what safeguards are in place? What processes are in place? Uh, what regulations are in place to address the possibility of, of an issue like this happening again? One thing that, that I would tie in and, and ask about it again is some of those industries that we mentioned that were affected, like, you know, just retail stores. And we're not just talking about like the, you know, large department stores. We're talking about all the way down to small uh, mom and pop places. Uh, and again, it's a matter of timing. 
what if this had happened just a few days prior to that, a week prior to when it actually did before Christmas, you're talking about disruptions to these folks' businesses, these retail businesses that in their busiest time of year, right? And so, you know, it's it's affecting their sales. It's affecting their ability to continue as a business. And so um, anything you guys want to add, again, as we wrap up here, again, we've talked about about the more the more public stuff, but what what about these these folks, our clients out there that are listening? Yeah, and you know, Jimmy, you know the the, the thing about it is 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 this could have affected a, a, one of those retail businesses um, that were nowhere near the bombing. Um, and, you know, so that's kind of what we're talking about here is these things have have far reaching effects. But you know, from a client perspective, I think one of the biggest things to do is to is to have uh, an understanding of what what how your communications work for your business ensure that you've got some uh, redundancy built into that system um, even if it's it's something that you have to pay a little more for that you don't actually use but you know have those things built in and then to test with realistic scenarios you know not just a uh, uh, you know not just you know something that that's really easy to test and, and put on on paper but but utilize realistic scenarios when you're testing and, uh, and, and actually, you know, make the phone calls that you need to make. Uh, you know, uh, you may not be able to, to actually shut something down and switch over, but you can certainly bring up your redundant uh, communications path and, and test the connectivity to that. So, uh, Tyler, you anything to add? To yeah, that? I think, um, you know, one thing that we don't one thing that we don't talk about a lot in stuff like in in uh and things like this when we do podcasts or, or uh, webinars or whatever it is, is, is what Jimmy brought up that, that tr- really small, you know, that truly small business, two, three people, um, you know, retail businesses um, that are, that are affected by stuff like this. And what can they do? Is it when it's not economically feasible for them to have a backup connection, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a couple of pieces uh, there, you know, in, in 2021, it's hard to imagine anybody using a anybody of that size using anything other than um, a square or something similar to take payments. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's so much easier to set up. There's no hardware that you have to rent from a bank. So if you're if you're already in that world, um, then the thing to consider is okay. Well, my Wi-Fi works uh, works through this company. My cell phone works through the same company. Maybe I need to consider changing what I can change. Um, if, you know, if I'm on AT&T's cell phone network and also AT&T's, um, landline internet, um, it might be worth maybe taking a look at moving, you know, to a Verizon or a Sprint or somebody independent of AT&T, uh, so that you always have that connection and, and, and your credit card machine can function. Um, cause you can just, you know, use the Wi-Fi hotspot on your phone, um, or plug it or, 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 you know, use the cellular connection on a tablet to, to run those transactions. Um, I think that's I think that's a really important piece and something that uh, something that I would bet most people don't consider, but it is it is really important. Uh, no matter what size of what size of a business you are, you really want to make sure that you can continue to do business um, in case something like this is totally out of your control. Um, you know, ha- happens especially around a big sales time like the holidays. Jimmy, how long were you down actually at your house? I mean, I know I, I was down personally. Um, we were down here for three days at my house, and then there was there was some interruption there um, for for a few weeks after that. You could it was a specific time every day. You could clearly tell that they were working on the network. But you mentioned this day, but those folks at AT and T were put in a really really bad situation, and you know they they did their best. They brought in some 
uh, some uh, mobile towers and diverted some traffic to some other places. I think maybe down to to, to Huntsville and to and to some different uh, in different areas. But uh, yeah, they were put in a bad situation. It was just a bad situation all around. So, um, but again, here is as we wrap this thing up. I think the important message here is is that that I know these guys have have conveyed is that you've got you know if you're a business if you're a small retail business if you're you know uh, if you, if you're in the healthcare industry if you're a governmental entity whatever I'll, it didn't matter you know across the board folks were affected individuals like myself so you may want to take a look at what these guys have said you may want to take a look at the at the network uh, capability that you have. And what is your ability to continue to to up and run and do business and, and keep going uh, in case of emergency, public service, if you're a government, in case of just, just trying to run your business, uh, if you're a private industry? What is your capability to do that if, you know, the unthinkable happens like like it happened here? Uh, we wanted to bring you this podcast today and talk about this because this is a lot of times we talk about theoretical events. Uh, this wasn't theoretical. This actually happened. So um, I hope you hope you've enjoyed it. Any guys, you got anything you want to add before we sign off? Jimmy, I think you summed it up really well. Uh, you know, just uh, just consider all your, your options as far as your recovery capability. And, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't use the option of this will never happen to me. Well, I think we've seen that uh, not work uh, many times in the past. That's right. And, and you don't want to have to spend Christmas with your family playing, you know, Monopoly uh, that you got when you were a kid, you know, back in like 1985. So. Uh, <laughs> like it's all over. Again. Yeah, the old analog games. That, that's right. It's like, <laughs> can be a little bit different. When, when you're sitting there having to look at PlayStation games that you can't play. So um, with that, we'll uh, we'll sign off. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, stay tuned for more uh, CRI podcasts. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at cricpa.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. 